Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... This is Corey Vaughn, and I'm with Adam Smaha, and we're hanging out at Adam's house talking Hey Arnold. Um, we uh, kind of had an announcement that last week that we were going to have a, a guest on tonight, and that is not happening. <laughs> Just we want to be, you know, uh, upfront with you guys that we have some technical issues, right? Is that the best way to? It's fine the way that it is between just the you and I, but what, trying to add the third person is a bit of a technological hurdle I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. So we decided uh, rather than like making it work, we want to we want to wait and like actually have it sound good. So we're we're gonna do um that that episode that was about uh, Helga the um what's Helga's makeover. Helga's makeover. It's and, a great episode. Uh, the old building. We're gonna push that forward a little bit. Um, tonight we're actually gonna review uh, tutoring Torvald. And uh, tutoring Torvald and Gerald comes over, um, which are you know uh, a couple episodes of Hey Arnold. You can find it on Hulu Plus, um, probably YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, take give it a look. Um, so a couple of things really quick. We do have a website, HeyArnoldHey.com. Um, you can find us uh, on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Emily Okada does our designs. Thank you to my double, my brother, for letting us borrow their microphones and uh, wiring. Um, anything else that? No, and Jim Lang does the beautiful does jazz music that br- music. brings us in yes. every episode. Uh, if this is your first time with us, we uh, don't just review Harold; we do a, a deep critical analysis of uh, every every episode. So, welcome. Um, remember that. Uh, there's a little football head in all of us. <laughs> okay, so first episode is uh, Tutoring Torvald. Uh, I'll give a little uh, uh, summary of it. Basically, we start out in Philadelphia with uh, the Italian stallion, Rocky Balboa. Just kidding. But this episode is really like Rocky, and it like <laughs> watching it tonight was like, oh yeah, this is the story of Rocky. We'll get to that later. Um, it is about an underdog. Uh, episode starts out with showing off Arnold as this like math genius. Uh, and then this bully shows up and it's Torvald. He's, he's uh, been introduced into this episode and he, he's this like giant hulking mass of a fourth grader. You have a feeling he probably got held back a few grades and that's quickly revealed, revealed in the um, classroom when it cuts to there. Uh, the teacher kind of shames him a little bit. Like, like why, why aren't you paying attention? Don't you want to be with your friends? You're 13 years old. Um, and so she like asks him a math question, like a really basic one. What's three times three? And his answer is thirty-three. So she says, "All right, we're gonna give you a we're gonna give you a tutor." And of course, she picks Arnold, which is interesting because he's already kind of a, a fixer. So he automatically gets put into the role of fixer by his teacher. Um, he so it cuts to the two of them hanging out um, uh, at Torvald's house, which is this like very deep like deep in the not suburbs but like um uh, deep in this deep in the urban center um 
uh, with like dogs running around and sirens uh, and like like chains rattling and bottles crashing and Arnold shows up and he meets Torvald's mom. Who's this like sweet lady who says like, Oh, I just like believe in my son so much. He got a C plus once on a drawing. So very quickly you're like, you're feeling for Torvald, but like at the same time, you know that he's a bully. He's like beating up kids and stuff. Um, so Arnold tries to teach Torvald in his bedroom and Torvald like kind of throws Arnold under the bus and like kind of makes fun of the whole process. Um, so, Arnold is about to give up, but then he like looks at the photo, the the drawing again that his Torvald's mom was so proud of and ends up saying, okay, I'll help you out. And like gets Torvald to agree on, uh, Torvald to agree that let's do this for your, let's do this for your mother. And, um, so then it kind of cuts to this like montage of training. Uh, and then it, uh, ends up, you know, they end up going to class, doing the math thing. Uh, and he gets a C plus which is really awesome. And uh, that's the end of the episode. I mean, there's like little bits and pieces that are they're in it more as well, but we can fill that in as the conversation goes. It's pretty fantastic that all of the training and hard work that Arnold puts in is just for him to get a C plus. And yeah, that's totally okay with him. He's so stoked about it. Like there's no, no shame in that C plus at all. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting episode because it's clearly about like, education and about what motivates a student to do well. Um, I think uh, there's like conversations of like love and shame um, and also like what tutoring actually can do. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. I think that it's interesting because clearly when you go to Torvald's house, he lives in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. It's definitely a bad neighborhood. (laughs) And it's sort of the quintessential like bad neighborhood. You hear gunshots in the background, like you were saying. There's yeah. like graffiti. There's the walls are there's like cracks in the walls. Barking blah, blah, blah. dogs. Yeah, barking dogs. The whole all, the all, all the stuff you kind of expect in that environment. But then when you enter the like the apartment, the mother is very very warm and loving and caring. Clearly, kind of bragging about her son too, and like even though he's there's nothing to brag about. Yeah, yeah. It's just then that's what love does. Love right, fills right. in the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. So, but what's great about it is that it shows, portrays that dynamic of they're in a low income area, but the mother clearly cares about her kid and cares about the kid's uh, educational uh, endeavors Mm -hmm. and is an advocate for him. But then at the same time is sort of stuck in the, the world of having to provide and not making much money. She says something like these chicken wings are going to sell themselves and she's leaving at night to go work. So, you know, there she's not rolling in the dough clearly by where she's living. And the fact that she's working at night when she should be staying at home with her kid Mm. shows you kind of that cycle. Um, And another interesting fact to me was when you go, then when uh, Arnold and Torvald go into his room to where, Arnold is going to tutor him. You see how he has like punk music playing in the background. That's like loud and aggressive. And then his room is really, really dirty and messy. And it sort of mirrors his room, like mirrors the outside world around his apartment. Uh. It's like loud and chaotic and aggressive and uh, messy. And yet uh, like clearly there's still love within the house. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. he's very much like a, a product of his environment. Mm. And in the f- sense that 
he is still in school, unlike his friends, which he mentions are all in juvenile in hall. In juvie, yeah, yeah. So in the, his mother might be the reason he's not in juvenile hall, because mm-hmm. she is actually, like, loving and supportive as she can. Do you think, that, do you think that, like, her, her unconditional love is also a little bit... Um, I mean, obviously, it's blind. Uh, is it healthy? Like, because she is so proud of a thing that is so behind his... Like, she shouldn't... She should be worried about him. I I think it's it's one of those situations, and I'm sure this happens probably in real life a lot, um, is she is a good person and a loving person. All she can really give him, because she clearly doesn't have time to spend with him, is that type of love. Mm. That sort of support that is a little bit passive, and you're not really sure if it's really a good support, yeah. um, but it's all she can really offer him. Because... If, yeah, if you're going off at night to sell chicken wings, she's probably working during the day too. So she mm. probably never sees him. So the best thing she can do it in her mind is encourage him. It's just to be encouraging mm. and like be a bright light, which is seems like what she is just in your brief interaction with that character, which I think that love is better than nothing. And it might be his saving grace why he's not in juvenile hall like his friends. That, yeah, that's true. It just feels a little bit like just a little naive that she's like, he got a C plus on this drawing, which is weird that like his art was graded, like his clearly first grade art was. Yeah, and that's that's art that's like clearly from five, five ten or years six years prior. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was his shine. That that was his moment. His shining moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I there's a quote that he says. Basically, Arnold's storming out, and then he looks at the fo- the drawing again, and Torvald says, um, "I wish that I could be half as good as my mom thinks I am." Oh, as uh, that's so self-aware yeah. and sad. Um, and maybe the cry of the week, we will see. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's interesting because that moment, the two things that are motivating him, we mentioned earlier that like the teacher kind of shames him, but which doesn't clearly isn't working. Like shaming him isn't working to motivate him, but this is like real shame. He really feels shame about, what his mom thinks about him. And so Arnold leans into that and kind of, he, he pulls the silver lining and kind of makes it more about like, let's do it for your mom. Let's do it because you love your mom and because she's worked so hard to love you. Um, and it's less shameful, but it still kind of is tied to it a little bit, which is interesting. And maybe I'm reading into it too much, but that's what we do on the show is we take a cartoon and we read too deeply. So you're totally fine. (laughs) But yeah, it feels like, it makes sense that Arnold kind of reels Torvald in to this real human moment. Like Arnold sees that Torvald is like connecting and seeing how he doesn't really work hard. Um, and so Arnold kind of uses that to motivate him, which I guess if that, if it works, it works. Right. Yeah. He also uses, um, the thing of like, if, well, if you don't know how to do math, how can you do anything else in life? And then gives him these like, uh, these potential like life scenarios that are really like just seem like so out of bounds for where yeah. this the like trajectory of this guy's life is going. Yeah, he says that he uh, could potentially be working for NASA. I believe is the uh, first one, yeah. and then the second one is on the stock market. And given where this kid comes from and Those his what happen. he's doing yeah. in life so far. That's probably not going to happen. But the real connection is with bullying and violence. 
Yeah, that that's yeah, that's how he relates. He makes the the classwork relatable to Torvald. Yeah, through mm-hmm. using being a like bully. Percentages of stealing money. Yeah. And percentages of knocking teeth out. Yeah, there's there's like a scene like that in I wish I, I I went through a phase where I watched The Wire recently and just watched it for like two weeks straight and didn't do anything else. It's right. so depressing. But there's a scene in The Wire like that where he tries to like show the kid how to do his math homework by like comparing it to selling drugs. And oh. and it's a beautiful Arnold, Arnold came first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been around the same time. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm not, I don't know quite exactly when the wire came out, but I know it was a long time ago, but yeah. And and it seems kind of strange to use like drug dealing in the scenario with like the wire, the show, the wire to try to explain to a kid about, um, about math. And then in in Hey Arnold to use bullying as a way to show someone how to, um, how math works. But at the same time, it's like, you have to make things relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think for a kid who sees himself as far gone, how sterile the classroom is is so not what he's used to mm. like if you look at where he lives what his room is like him for him to enter like a, a like a very sort of docile like mm. educational environment he's so not used to it he doesn't even know how to deal in that type of situation so the fact that he's a bully and he caught wreaks havoc is not surprising because why would he he doesn't know how to interact in a moment like right. that what's interesting then is the teacher and even arnold early on they're trying to connect torvald to math in in ways that not only will he probably never connect to, but he also it's also not part of his story right now. And for him, he makes like a kind of a passing comment. Oh, that's math. I thought it was just business uh, referencing the bullying. But the reality is for him, it's not math. It's a way of life. And f- for Arnold to be able to see that and, s- and say, that's the, that's what we can use to like connect him to math is pretty, um, uh, I guess like good, good tutoring because he's saying you already know how to do it. You just don't like, because you don't connect your regular life to this sterile environment. It makes sense that there's a disconnect there. Yeah. What he's doing is connecting the boring, sterile math environment with his actual like day to day existence. Yeah, definitely. There's, and I feel like that's just like a good educational tool. And I think it's this, the show's like not really overly political, but it like obviously is dealing with education, which makes it that way. But I think that there is an idea with education, I think, where the classroom is supposed to be a completely different entity than the rest of the world. And there you're supposed to be learning things in the classroom then that will help you get to someplace later on, but they don't, it doesn't mirror reality. Right, right. And I think so kids, especially some kids can buckle down and recognize like these are bits of building block. Like I'm going to use this to get to something else. Like Arnold. Yeah. Like Arnold or, and, and there are obviously kids in real life that are that way. But then there's a lot of kids I think that get lost Mm. because they don't see, there's no narrative quality to education, which is it doesn't fit within into their, into their story. And so I think they feel like it, therefore it isn't relatable and this has nothing to do with me and it's not going to serve me later on. Mm. And I think Arnold being a good and to some degree in education, a progressive educator in that he's like looking beyond the sort of confines of the classroom Mm has to how best serve his pupil, which is uh, <laughs> Torvald. A, a peer who's older than him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so in, in that sense, it's just good. Edu- it's just good educating, you know, and I think it's f- pretty interesting that within 
uh, the, within show Harold that they're kind of tackling that a bit and they're kind of showing the two different worlds because mm-hmm. ultimately if, if you have this really narrow perspective of what educating is and then you're having people that aren't able to follow that, what is the logical repercussion of that? It's shaming. It's like, this is how it is. You need to learn it. And if, if you're, you, you aren't capable of learning it, something is wrong with you. And what is wrong with you? You're, are you lazy? Or do you, are you stupid? Instead of sort of thinking like, this thing isn't working for this person, how can we rework it to get it to work for, the, for this individual? Yeah, and the, there's a little bit of a like, counter critique on both sides of the spectrum of like how, like, how do you teach a kid? Is it through just straight up encouragement? Or is it... F- or is it through shaming? And both seem not to be working with this kid. Um, mm-hmm. You see his mom, loving mother who like encourages him and, and is unconditional. And that's great. But how far does it go in his education? Clearly not far enough. They and touch I, on that at the end too, I believe, don't they? Like Arnold says something like, now he's going to have the tools to know that if he puts right, his mind to it, right. he can just do it. And that's clearly not what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And it, but And that I think is the, the shortcoming of that is the same shortcoming of the type of parenting he receives. Hmm. Like all of the, the good um, encouragement and good educating is very momentary. There's no follow through. So it's kind of like, I love you. You're so you're capable of doing anything. And then she's off to work and she's right, gone. Right. And then for Arnold, it's like, yeah, you got a C plus on your test. Great. And then there they part ways too. Hmm. So yeah. it's like whenever he makes good ground, he, you, he loses that person to follow through. You, you got, in that situation, Torvald definitely needs a, like a follow-up, you know, he needs like, this is a continuing education. It's not like I've arrived. No, I know how to do math. Obviously he needs to keep learning and hopefully more people will like step in and help him out. doesn't seem like that's going to happen. happen, Uh, But it's still an interesting comment on the difference between on one end shame and on the other end, like kind of romantic encouragement. Um, And how do you, Balance the two and also like do something different, which is connecting it to the real world, connecting to the world that you're already in. Um, and I mentioned, okay, I just want to point out the Rocky con- uh, connections. The first is uh, where he lives. is like a dive. There's like a, even a dog there that looks like the dog from Rocky. So that's the first moment where I'm like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Rocky. And then the, the next the next two moments um, that are pretty important. One is the montage that kind of sounds like Eye of the Tiger just a little bit. Um but the ultimate moment is the morning before or the night before his test, he goes to the empty school and stands in the classroom and looks at the classroom thinking about, you know, the math test he has, which is the same thing that happens in Rocky. The night before the big fight, Rocky goes, like throws on a jacket and like checks out the the boxing ring the, the night before the big fight. Um, and I think that's an interesting connection because Rocky is this misunderstood kind of dumb oaf who you know, kind of has to be like a, like a follow-up man for like people who owe money. So it's a, it's a very similar story that's happening. He's impoverished. He's doing anything he can to make money and make ends meet. Um, similar to Torvald's mom. So it's, it's a similar story of somebody in poverty who's kind of dumb, who's trying to make it, but has a lot of potential. Um, and somebody seeing in him that potential. Uh, and that's what's happening in the story about Torvald. Um, I don't know. I think it's an interesting reference, even though it's not, it's not word for, you know, it's not, this isn't an episode about a, a, an Italian boxer who, you know, is dumb. It's a, it's a different story, but it, it references it. And I think that's an interesting, an inter- interesting reference point. Definitely. And in that scene when he's in the classroom and he's uh, having his moment before the big, the big test, um, he, 
all of these, the images of the kids making fun of him and his teacher shaming him essentially come into his mind. Yeah. And I think it shows like if you're going to go into something, even if you've studied as much as you can or you're, you've done whatever preparation you need to do, if you have the stre- those types of negative stressors like that, you're never, ever at any point going to perform to the degree that you should. Hmm. You know, hmm. so I think <clears throat> it's the obvious thing. Obviously, like positivity is typically better than negativity. But I think that in this, when you're talking about educating and education, it's m- more complicated than that. But I think it's all very rooted in poverty, the whole thing. Because he's not dumb, clearly, because the way he hustles the kids for his money and <laughs> his bookkeeping skills with bullying yeah. is pretty yeah. damn spot on. Yeah. And so he's definitely not stupid. I think he just has a really bad image of himself through where he lives mm. and how people treat him. Mm. Yeah, he has a poor understanding of tutoring even because he like sits down in front of Arnold and says, all right, tutor me. Like, as yeah. if that's like, oh, you, you have to take part in this too. It's not a one-way street. Like, tutoring is I'm going to give you some advice and you're going to ask questions. And that's the way it goes. Yeah, he's probably been used to like an authoritative style of teaching, which is pretty common for educators to do to students that are problematic. Because it's much easier to try to like peel back the student's brain and then pour the knowledge right, in and, right, <laughs> just right, hope, and hope right, that right. it doesn't drain out the bottom. Yeah. And that's like a very classic authoritative style of these kids are sponges. They'll just take it in if you just like keep yelling at them yeah. enough about it, yeah. which is not the right way I, to educate. I love how Arnold just starts with like a question on percentages. Like, let's see how he's doing with addition first before yeah. we move on to like this, <laughs> like not complicated, but like a little more complicated than simple multiplication tables. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say about this is, uh, I think it's interesting that Arnold has become such a people pleaser and people fixer in this community that even his teacher sees that, Oh, Arnold will be a good kid to do this because he's already doing this anyway. Yeah. yeah. It, it like really fits that he's gonna be the kid picked because any, any kid could have done it, but why they pick Arnold? Cause he is the fixer. Yeah, definitely. Which sounds like the name of a TV show oh. because it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that was, that there might be the tutoring of Torvald. 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 Um, <laughs> That's quite a name. So the next episode is Gerald comes over, um, which starts off with Arnold and Gerald at Gerald's house with Gerald's family. They're like throwing potatoes and peas at each other. And Arnold kind of gets it's called see. a food fight. A food what? Uh, food melee. Food melee. Um, Gerald is so embarrassed and, you know, his parents are being crazy and his siblings are being crazy and him and Arnold are, you know, they're sleeping over at Gerald's house and Gerald is like, I'm so sorry about my family. They're crazy. And Arnold's response is, Oh, your family's normal compared to mine. This is awesome. I'm so happy to be here, which gets this cool, like animation technique happening where they're like turning on and off the light talking about maybe going to Arnold's house to stay the night. And Gerald says, you know, I, I want to go to your house. I haven't seen your house before. We only go straight to your room. Let's, let's hang out there. And Arnold's like, no man, I really don't want to. And this goes back and forth for a while. And finally Gerald convinces Arnold to do it. Um, and so, you know, Arnold's embarrassed and kind of nervous about it. And then it cuts to them walking up to Arnold's place and Arnold's kind of talking to Gerald as if it's like a, a horror movie, like yeah. you've been warned. These people are crazy. Uh, and Gerald's like, Oh, I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, and then a good line, Arnold says, you've been warned. And then they go into the house, all the animals rush out. And, uh, 
one by one, it's kind of like a curtain call or like a, I don't know what they call it in like traditional like theater or film, but every every main, you like meet everybody yeah in Arnold's life. Every main player of yeah. the boarding house shows up in this episode, um, one by one, and it shows that they're different characters, but they all kind of fit in the same crazy family unit. Um, yeah, I, that's another thing. Arnold calls this group of people his. He's he says it's kind of a weird extended family. Uh, and and you see that it is they are weird. It's like a really strange strange environment for a kid. But if to you've been in. watching and following along like you should have, you would have met all these people. Yeah, all these people. Yeah, yeah. This is really for Gerald to yeah meet them meet them all. We're all well versed in Arnold's yeah. boarding housemates. So we see Grandma, crazy Grandma, you know, thinking she's somewhere else again. Um, this time she's in the jungle. You see Grandpa who is pooping, which he like is always like his stomach is always rumbling. And then he does a thing he also does, which is makes Arnold do an adult thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get rent. And then that's another way to see all these other characters. So he goes to see Mr. Smith, and Mr. Smith is, you know, like behind closed doors, and that's weird. And then he goes, they go see Ernie, um, who uh, is a like a construction worker, and he has a little man complex, and he kind of like... D- d- his Napoleon syndrome really comes out in this moment. He's like running around, like knocking things down in his room. Then they go to uh, Mr. Wynn, who's the uh, Vietnamese man who um, has a very thick accent and uh, basically makes Arnold and Gerald uh, like refurbish his whole room and then gives them a like shiny dime uh, as a tip. And then they go to uh, Susie and um, Oscar's place and they're, and they're getting along. Oh, I was going to say, no. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're fighting again, throwing stuff around. And at each place, Arnold doesn't get rent, you know, that, so you see that these people are poor and cheap. Um, and, and you know, each time Arnold's getting more and more embarrassed, uh, and Gerald's like, nah, man, it's not a big deal. Like he's not saying what he thinks yet, but he's cool. Um, and I think, and, and basically the, the two final points at the end of this episode, one is amidst all the craziness, Arnold rings the bell for dinner. And once again, which happens a lot in, in Arnold, um, the craziness calms down and people come together for dinner. It's really, it's a really beautiful moment, which has happened before, but it's a nice um, repeat from other episodes that around the dinner table, people can calm down and, and relate with each other. Um, and then it cuts to the two of them, to Arnold and Gerald sleeping on Arnold's roof, which is the coolest nine-year-old sleepover <laughs> ever. They're on cots on the roof. Yeah, which is so um, badass. And it's it's a nice bookend that we started the episode with, which is Arnold apologizing for his family and Gerald throwing out the same encouragement that Arnold gave to him. No, man, you've got an awesome family. Thanks for letting me be here. And, that's, and then he, Gerald falls asleep and Arnold kind of smiles and looks up at the sky romantically. And it's it's a it's a great moment of encouragement between two friends that the episode started with and ended with. So even just as a as a narrative structure, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the episode in a nutshell. Yeah, I think like the, the the major theme in there, which you touched on at the end, is that sort of from an outsider's perspective, things often look completely different than if you're actually in the moment. So if you like in uh, Gerald's situation at his fam at his house, his dad keeps talking about um, the electricity bill over and over and over again. And his mom has a like a whistle, like a family whistle. Yeah, like yeah. a referee would have a whistle, and she's using that to moderate the con- <laughs> the, the dinner, the conflict, yeah, yeah. the conflict, the dinner. And 
So there's certain, and the, the sister is constantly trying to start a food fight the whole entire meal. So there is craziness in the house. And then the craziness that goes on at Arnold's house is apparent if you've watched even just probably two episodes of the show, um, because it's their, it's a boarding house and they're all pretty, uh, goofy folks. Um, but then because like Arnold doesn't live in Gerald's house full time and Gerald doesn't live in Arnold's house full time, they can see it more for what it is because you're not so wrapped up into like the emotional element of where you live. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people think like, Oh, I live with these people. It reflects so poorly on me. And like, you don't get to choose who you grew up with. Right. Right. So if you are the crazy one in your house, then there, maybe there's something there. But if you think of yourself as being relatively normal and so does everybody else, where you grew up in is, or who your family is, you don't choose that. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's predetermined by the universe and, or whoever you believe in. Yeah, it it is definitely, I guess, extending that question of, like, the outsider perspective, what is normal. Um, it's, again, touching on for Arnold, and it's extending into, he's bringing Gerald into this conversation, but what is family? Um, and, you know, it starts off with Arnold, who doesn't have a traditional nuclear family, um, hanging out with Gerald, who does. And when Gerald says, can I come over and see your family? Arnold's shame is I don't have a very normal family. It's kind of a weird extended family. Um, and this theme is touched on every once in a while because clearly Arnold is maybe an orphan or at least his parents are in the picture. Um, so you can imagine that a nine year old is going to be really uh, self. Uh, what's it called? Self conscious. Thank you. No Words are hard. Uh, <laughs> self conscious about it. Um, which again makes it nice that Gerald encourages him multiple times over the episode, but Arnold is self-conscious about it and it makes sense because he doesn't have a traditional family, but the connecting point is that over dinner, these families do come together, uh, as weird as they are. Um, it's a place of commonality. Everyone's got to eat and they eat it, they eat together. And I think something that, so when we watch these episodes before we talk about them, something that I try to do to figure out what, how I feel about it or what I see in it is kind of see the episode as a whole. Mm -hmm. So, because typically I think these episodes, there's like a common theme between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's definitely about like family and love and support. And there's those, those sort of themes in there. And I think one of the big ones that like is a big unifying thing for both episodes in this bit is um, sort of how your home and your living situation influences you as an individual. And I think you get to see how the roles that they people that each individual that uh, Harold, uh, Gerald and Arnold and then Torvald, the, the role that they play at home hmm like really impacts who they are and influences who they are. And you see it when you, this is like the first time you've, we've met Gerald's parents, I think. And you start to see a bit of where he comes from, like his context and Arnold, you have seen this whole time, but you can kind of see how we, we always call him the fixer and how he is that at home. Yes. Yes. And he's always given adult responsibilities at home and that becomes just a part of who he is. And Gerald, you see kind of how his father is and how his mother is and sort of even how his sister is. You see kind of all of these different elements of his personality kind of at play at once. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
it's pretty interesting. And then with Torvald, you see the same thing. Like there's a good kid deep in there and his mom's good, you know, but his upbringing is turbulent. And so is his path and his like being. So you see sort of a bit of all, all of who these people are through their home life. Why, why they are the way they are. And this is, um, a huge part of Hannah Arnold is okay. So I've, I've said before that character development is really important here uh, in this show and I think this is a, these episodes are good examples because you're seeing that these characters aren't just like written in a goofy way for the sake of being written, like written that way. This is early on in the series and already you're getting a, a pretty rich backstory for these two main characters as you will for Helga and Phoebe and Harold. And then even deeper still, these like secondary characters like Mr. Kakashka, Mr. Wynn, they have rich, robust background stories. Um, and so I, I like that the writers are able to, I like that writers are, the writers are able to think about like, why, why is Arnold the way he is? How can we support that in a full way? Um, why is Gerald the way he is? How can we support that in a full way? That's, that's rare for a kid's show. And I, I think this episode is a good example of that. And yeah. And I think that even when we talk about the show, I think it's easy to see like, we kind of get stuck talking about the narrative and sort of about the show. Right. And it can seem sort of narrow, but I think the way that I view the show is the way that the show is written is kind of like almost like a very ideal way of viewing life, Hmm. which is nothing happens in a vacuum. Right. Like there is always a reason for every single action of Mm -hmm. every character Mm -hmm. in this show. Yeah. Yeah. And that is how you should view life as well. Like people don't just do things willy nilly people are nothing but a product of their environment or right, whatever right. situation that they're in. And you, we should therefore view them as such. So if someone's lashing out or they're doing, they're very, very mm-hmm. yes, smart and they're yes, doing very yes. well in school or doing poorly in school, there's a reason Why? behind yeah. these things. And this show like pretty much always talks about that. Yeah. And I, I think, so two things, one, one with Torvald, that episode is also about judging a book by its cover. Like, yeah. Oh, he's such a jerk. Why is like, why is he so, why is he such a bully? As soon as you get to his his mom's house, you go, oh, I get it, and that that's a beautiful connection point for the viewer to be able to say, I understand why he's being a bully, and and the second thing, which is a kind of a broader theme of the show, and it's kind of a funny animation thing that I've noticed, anyone with a with a unibrow has a rough home life, oh, any of them, so and and they act out by being a bully, so yeah. if you look at Harold, Torvald, and Helga, they all have unibrows. And which is like funny, but uh, like a, like a funny uh, clownish gimmick, but all three of them are very complex characters and especially Helga and Harold, you're going to get a rich backstory for why they are the way they are. And, and, and that's a fascinating to draw this, that comparison actually, because with Torvald, you see that he's a bully and he came out of an environment with a loving mother who has no means. Right. Right. Helga is the opposite. They have means, yes. but the parents aren't loving. Right. So and she still is a violent bully. Yeah. That is problematic yes. as well. So you see like, and just as in life, you fix one thing, like you just give everybody money that doesn't solve all the problems. Right. right. Like one of the things kind of that's constant oh, that's in the so show though is the love. Love is like the ingredient that is always necessary. Right. Right. And if administered, like allows some sort of normalcy, mm. I mean, which is probably, like I said before, it's Torvald's like saving grace probably. And because if yeah, he didn't have yeah. love, he would have nothing. No, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And, and Helgen, that's what she needs is love. She needs love. And that's she what she's has looking the means. for it in Arnold exactly. and in her friends. Um, 
which we'll talk about next week, hopefully. Um, yeah. How how she's looking for uh, she's looking for like a positive opinion from somebody else. She's yeah. Looking for that re- positive reinforcement. And I think like along what you what you were saying is like as as life, if you just saw. Torvald's situation you could an easy read when it would be so lazy to do this would be like oh his mother's just an enabler you know mm-hmm. she just tell his tells him he's good and then you know he gets to do whatever he wants and people really judge people in real life that right, way right and they don't realize that th- that mother is just doing the best that she can there's a heavy economic influence or rationale as to why she acts that way mm. and she doesn't have the time to spend with right, him that she right. needs to so and I think you, if you allow yourself to, it is just a cartoon, right? But at the same time, it, 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 if you allow it to be a teaching learning moment, it, 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 it's there for you kind of. Yeah, t- totally. And, and, you know, unconditional love, there's a healthy way of doing it, an unhealthy way. The unhealthy way is I love you no matter what you do, um, even if what you do is terrible. But I think what she's doing is saying who you are, I'm proud of it. Um, and she's not saying there, there's nothing you could do better. She's saying what you have done, I'm proud of it. Yeah, she's focusing on the good. Yeah. Like, you see this good thing you did that one time? Like, she, I want you to do that again, essentially. Yeah. Is, yeah, I want you to recreate Which that. is still unconditional love, but it's, I think it's framing it in a different way. Than yeah. Than just a blind, like, it doesn't matter what you do. No, what yeah. you do matters, and, and that's part of the conversation. But it's still, it's just a different kind of, I, I don't know. I'm just curious about what unconditional love can be. Because I think it could be a lot of different things. Uh, from, a, from a mother to a son, like that sort of uh, familial love and conditionally, I think is fine. But um, if you're talking about a situation like, uh, what are the boarding mates? What, uh, like their names? Yeah, the, like the ones K- that are always... Kakashka. Kakashka and always, Susie. And Susie, yeah. yeah. Like they... It's not, it's not really an example of unconditional love. But it seems to be like a love that just won't like let itself die. Won't quit. It won't quit. Yeah, and that's but I can't it should. quit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like love is a drug. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it is for them. And but that should end. So I think probably the only people you should really have a truly unconditional love for is your family, and then beyond that, even right. with spouses, it, it's it, rough. It yeah. can be bad. Yeah, you can let them. You can let people get away with a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. These are these are uh, meaty episodes that are I think have less like like critical literary type theory, but a lot of interesting social theory. Um, I think we've touched on a lot of it. Yeah, that can be pretty emotionally packed. Oh man! Speaking of which, cry of the week. Oh shoot! Really quick, it. and then we're gonna, yeah, wrap wrap it up. Um, okay, well, my mine is absolutely um, Arnold angrily walking down, like out of Torvald's house. And then the mu- you hear the music, and then he like steps back into the kitchen and looks at the, and looks at the photo or looks at the drawing that um, Torvald did. And that little moment is so it's a beautiful moment of Arnold's character being shown off, that he's still he he's not avoiding the fact that he's angry and he's not avoiding the fact that he's frustrated, but he still sees that moment of that human moment that moment of connection. Um, oh, there's a bigger thing at stake here, and the fact that Arnold could pull himself away from his anger for just a quick second to like meditate over that. Very beautiful. 
I'd say mine is kind of Torvald's whole situation. That's yeah, what I'm going to be yeah. crying about. Um, as a closeted Marxist, I think that the, <sighs> the economic element there is very sad to me. So I'm going to give it maybe two communist tiers. Two, uh, yeah, which it's like that's like one and a half uh, <laughs> of capitalist tiers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, like, that's the equivalent of I think yeah. a fourth of a capitalist. Yeah, tier. yeah. <laughs> don't My, cry so easily. Mine is uh, yeah, that Torvald, the, the moment of Arnold backing up. That yeah, that's a solid two. I think. Yeah, it gets me in the gut. Yeah, that uh, yeah, his uh, sort of um, turbulent household situation is 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 troubling for me mm. well on that note <laughs> these are set up uh okay well th- thank you guys for listening and be patient we will for sure soon have a third person voicing her or his opinion with yeah us. words is hard technology is hard words is hard technology is harder yeah exactly thing? i don't know it should be a trademark game we'll get that puppy on thank you guys for listening um yeah please rate and review uh and see you soon thank thank you bye bye